Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of Ball Hawk Talk. I am your host, Adam Boys, and I'm joined here along with Liam and Ben. Before we get started, I just thought we'd introduce yourself so I can start. Like I said, my name's Adam. I'm a third-year BBA student at Laurier, and I'm a big football fan. I'm also a big Miami Dolphins fan, so I apologize in advance for my bias towards Brian Flores and Tua Tagovailoa. I'll try to keep my bias to my own. A big aspect of this show is me college scouting, and that's where I bring a lot of my value. So I'll hand it over to Liam, and he can introduce himself to you guys as well. Yeah, what's going on, Adam? Um, my name is Liam, a uh, third-year business student at Wilfrid Laurier. And yeah, um, Boyers approached me a couple of weeks ago about this idea for a podcast, and you know, I, I, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, he knows his stuff, so does Ben. And uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of different stuff on a daily um we're going to be providing each episode is going to be surround, uh, centered around a particular question in the sporting's world and we're going to provide quantitative and qualitative information to best solve the question at hand so we're excited to have you guys as listeners and uh to get the show on the road yeah so i'm ben uh like these guys i'm also a business student at laurier uh but i also do math at waterloo uh, i'm pretty sure i watch almost more nfl and nhl combined than anyone not getting paid uh, to do so. Uh, so I have a good knowledge of, of both hockey and football. Um, but this podcast, we're, we're going to mainly talk about football. Um, yeah, so one of my main philosophies uh, about the future of football and sports is in general is that uh, the blend of using that sports knowledge, like football knowledge, and that combination with advanced stats is how teams are going to be successful in the future. All right, boys. Well, it's a pretty big week for football fans. It's Super Bowl week, and I know I'm fired up. So uh, I thought we'd just kind of go over kind of go over the game and give our thoughts about it. Um, it's kind of a big game. we got the Chiefs coming, coming against uh, the Buccaneers in Tampa. The first time ever, I think, um, the, the home Super Bowl team um, is there. So it's a really big game. we got Brady versus Mahomes. we got the old king of the AFC who went to the NFC this offseason and made the Super Bowl versus the new king of the AFC, Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be a great game, great quarterback play. There's weapons all around the board. I think the X factor in this game for me is going to be that Tampa Bay defense. We've got Devin White, Levante David, Antoine Winfield. They're going to be big keys to getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes. But it's also going to be a big test to that Tampa secondary. Antoine Winfield's very young. They Carlton Davis, who's young. So they're going to have a challenge guarding the likes of Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Demarcus Robinson. Um, so, yeah. I think the key to the game is getting consistent pressure. The one time Patrick, yeah, go ahead, Willie. Who's going to be on Kelsey? Um, who, who's their dime? I think uh, it's Anton Winfield, or I think and uh, Devin White's going to be up against him. Devin um, White, eh? like, yeah. Is how's he in coverage? Because like that's probably the biggest concern, right? Like yeah. if you can manage Hill, and uh, it's they it's can't manage Hill though. He went over 200 yards in a quarter the first time they played. Yeah, yeah. So, so hopefully they can focus their coverage on Hill and just hope for Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, I think Devin White's probably good ass, good play. He's a very fast linebacker, can coverage, but he's also going to be big in that blitz game and getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Like I was going to say, like the Dolphins forced four turnovers against Patrick Mahomes. They're big Dolphins fans. So I was really impressed yeah. that game, but they, they, they still lost. So, but they blitzed five men 40% of the time. Um, and they, they had a double team on Hill and let um, their safety go one-on-one with Kelsey. So I think that's going to be the, the key is kind of getting pre- consistent pressure from Mahomes 
and kind of shading Tyree Kill with like a safety over top because um, he's going to burn you deep like he did against the first count they played. I mean, like 200 yards in like the first quarter ever it was. So uh, I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, it's kind of hard to give a prediction because I don't like to bet against Tom Brady, and it's kind of hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes and that offense. But I got Chiefs 35-31. Going to come down to the last. Take the over. Hammer the over. Um, but how about you guys? What do you think is going to be the outcome of the game? So my prediction uh, right now is similar to Boyez's is 31-24 Chiefs. So I think it's going to be a bit of a shootout, hopefully, for the viewers and us. That would be fun. Um, so 31-24 Chiefs is my, my bet. What I'm curious to see, and it's like more of a philosophical question, right? Like, so the Kansas City Chief has the four best players in the field. Yeah. Kelsey, Hill, Mahomes, Jones. And then if you look at the Bucks from five to 12, an exception of Matthews on the Chiefs, it's all Bucks players. So then you're going against firepower versus depth. Yeah. Um, would I ever bet against Brady? Hell no. Yeah. Whatever you're betting against Mahomes, hell no. What I'm betting on actually is Blinding Lights. That's going to be the first song that we can't sing. Um, I'm pretty confident in this. Betway has a seven times boost, and uh, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. See, my my favorite prop bet that I saw was Ronald Jones over 2.5 receiving yards. All, all you got to ask for is like one. Can- I saw, yeah, I saw that. I'm like, that's Put money. That's free money. That's free money. Wait, yeah, who, that's, who did that? Um, but I, I don't think that's on, on your bet. Wait, I don't know. I saw, I saw it on one of yeah. the odds makers for, for prop bets. So if, if you see that on your uh, sports betting app, hammer I would that. hammer that. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a great game. Um, going to be able to, hopefully it's uh, it's a shootout. You know, it's always entertaining as viewers to watch. Um, but yeah, like I said, the, uh, the old candy AFC and Tom Brady at 43 years old against the new King Patrick Mahomes. So we're in for a treat on Sunday. Um, it's gonna be a great game. Throw a couple of beers in there for the boys and, uh, hopefully, hopefully it's a good outcome and hopefully I don't lose too much money. Um, <laughs> cause, uh, I've lost quite a bit of money this year in football. So let's hopefully keep it to the minimum and hopefully it's a, uh, hopefully it's a good game for everyone. Uh, it happens when you're a Dolphins fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bet on the Dolphins every game. It's probably not a good idea, but <laughs> Do you, uh, do you guys want to get to our main conversation at hand? Yeah, let's do it. So, um, like what I was going to say, like each week we're going to have kind of a main conversation um, about surrounding news in the NFL, like recent news or any other sport as well. Um, so, in recent weeks, it's been evident that Deshaun Watson has wanted out of the Houston Texans. Uh, he has officially requested a trade as per his agent. And the question we're going to answer is kind of what is he really worth to a GM on the open market? kind of where his best fits and like, where do we think he's going to end up at the 2021 season? So will you want to take it away with uh, kind of your initial thoughts on this? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so when I started my research, um, you know, I, I always thought Watson was, was pretty good um, in like top five QB in the NFL. And, and I kind of went a little bit deeper in it. and you go into the more advanced statistics. Um, if you look at his uh, passing yards in 2020, he was number one. Air yards, he's number five. Completed air yards, number three. If you look at yards per attempt, number one. Air yards per attempt, number two. He, he He's, so analytically, he's top two QB in the NFL. So I, I think the, the, the real conversation is there's no denying his talent. And whoever gets him is going to be a lucky <laughs> a lucky team. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, like you said, the stats he's put up 
just last year in general were insane. Like you said, first in passing yards. Uh, he was also second in overall QB rating, um, seventh in TDs. Uh, he was third in collision percentage um, and had the second best uh, total, turno- total TD to turnover ratio. And this was with him being sacked 50 times the league, which is number two behind Carson Wentz at 51. So he did that with statistically on PFF, the 30th out of uh, 32 teams uh, ranked offensive line. So he did that with consistent pressure in his face with limited weapons this year, little to no run game, uh, lost DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason. So um, he put up insane stats on that Houston Texans team, which wasn't very good. So it's pretty safe to say that he's easily a top five, arguably top three quarterback in the league. Yeah, so Deshaun Watson had the highest completion percentage above expected in the NFL at plus 4.8%. The next was Josh Allen at 4.6, and then Aaron Rodgers at 4.4. So there's no denying the talent here. With that said, they also didn't have the best offense either. What weapons did he have? He had Will Fuller for, what, half the season? Brandon Cooks. What is Brandon Cooks anymore? Very like, injury prone, prone concussions every every week. It seems like for him, like exactly. So so if we put him on a better team, say Washington, San Francisco, these teams have weapons. These teams have good defense, and with Deshaun Watson, they're automatically Super Bowl contenders. Well, yeah. From a general manager perspective, like if one of the more fascinating things is, okay, so you look at Stafford, you look to see what Stafford fetched in the open market. And substantial value, uh, you know, Stafford's a phenomenal QB. But one of the more interesting parts for me is if you look at Deshaun Watson's injury history compared to Matthew Stafford's injury history, Matthew Stafford's been in the league for a long time. He's had a number of serious injuries. Um, He's had a labrum tear, hip contusions, rib contusions. The only thing for Watson's been an ACL tear. So, you know, you're getting a fairly healthy kid. Yeah. Um, and th- there's real no injury risk. Not exactly. Uh, like, has this ever happened? No, I don't think it's ever happened that a QB 26-year-old in his prime, who's a top three, I would say, arguably, I would just put like Mahomes, Rogers, and then he's kind of in that conversation with Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun Watson's kind of the next three. Yep. So I don't know when the last time a QB at this caliber is being put on the open market. I mean, his trade value is going to be skyrocket, though. Like what you said with Matthew Stafford at 32 years old, like Matthew Stafford's a really good quarterback. Don't, I'm not going to say any, like he's not good, but he yielded two first and a third round pick. Yep. Like, that is, like golf, golf yeah, is substantial trade golf. value. Yeah. Well, we, we also, I don't know that golf has that much trade value. Maybe, <laughs> okay. maybe one of those, maybe one of those picks was kind of attached to the golf contract. You take, you take the golf contract and we'll give you a little sweetener here. Yeah. I mean, oh. I think that's like a perfect trade for like Detroit though. And both, both teams as well. Like Detroit gets two first and a third and they get Jared Goff. Who's like, he's a bridge, uh, bridge quarterback. You know, he's not gonna be their future guy, but he's made a super bowl. He's put up okay numbers. Like he's going to be a, a start in the NFL, but he's not going to be a, a very good one, but like, you know, Detroit gets a quality starter where they can help build their defense through the draft, build their offense. Um, but yeah, like I said, like he yielded two first and a third. Um, so what I've been hearing for that Deshaun Watson kind of trade value is they want three first, a uh, potential second, like two defensive starters. So like that is a lot to give up. But when it's Deshaun Watson, a lot of teams are going to be willing to do that to take them to the next step. I think a thing that's kind of relevant is kind of in a, for a trade package, what the Dolphins were offered, what the kind of they, they're offering is three first, two and Xavier Howard. That's kind of what 
the um the Texans want from them. So as a Dolphins fan, I don't think I would do that because you're basically giving up five first round picks. So it's three first, two as a fifth overall pick. Xavier Howard is an all-pro cornerback. So that's a lot of value. And the fact that the Dolphins are considering that shows what he's going to yield on the open market. So I, I kind of went through um, every single team that might be interested in Watson. And then I kind of broke it down to, I had four requirements. So the first salary cap room, um, because of the cap this year, it's a little more tricky and you're going to have some teams. You have a lot of teams in the negatives. So the team has to have salary cap room. They have to have defensive starter assets. They have to have a willingness to go all in. And Watson has a no trade clause. So that, that's another important factor. So after looking through all those kind of criteria, um, I came down with the Carolina Panthers, Denver Broncos, Miami Dolphins, New York Jets, Washington football team, and San Francisco 49ers. Um, a team that I didn't have that, that meets most of the criteria is the Indianapolis Colts. Colts. Um, I don't think the Colts have the willingness to go all in. They're more of a... They're also in the division. Yeah, Houston, so I, Houston's not... Houston's going to look like the biggest clowns yep, ever they if they do yeah. that. 100%. I think they, they want to get him out of the AFC. Like if they're going to trade him, which is something that I'm guessing they do not want to do at the very least because that talent level. But I think at the very least, they want to trade in the NFC so they don't have to deal with them like in their conference every year. 100%. I agree. Um, and... So, okay, so so I, I went through uh, through each team and I just kind of like the assets they have to offer. Um, so if you, okay, so if we can start off with the Carolina Panthers, like, like what do you guys think with the Carolina Panthers as, as potential suitors? Um, what are your guys' opinion? And kind of we can break it down from there. Yeah, that's uh, honestly one of the best fits I had for them. I had like two big fits, but uh, they were one of them. Um, I think it's like a really good fit for him. Like you put him in Solomon that offense. You have Chris McCaffrey, who's probably the best running back in the league. You have... <laughs> DJ Moore, you have Robbie Anderson, who had a breakout year, and then you have Joe Brady, the 31-year-old phenom oh on plays. So you install him in that offense, and oh they also God. have pieces as well, like you're saying. They have young talent in D, which they can move. Like Last year, they selected Derek Brown at seven, which I don't think they'd be willing to move. They also selected year-term Matos Gross out of Penn State in the second round, who has a lot of trade value, had a successful yep. rookie year. Mm-hmm. So I think that's someone they could move. They have pick eight, so mm-hmm. you can move like pick eight, two first, and like U-turns Matos Gross. And maybe mm-hmm. if they want a bridge quarterback, I know that Teddy Bridgewater contract's hard, but you can kind of send him back if they need a quarterback in that sense. Or they can just draft um, like Trey Lance at eight or whoever. Um, so I think there's a lot of options. I like that fit in Carolina, but uh, what, what, what do you think, BMAC? My favorite team, and I told you guys this the other day, is the Washington football team. Now, if they trade for him, they better actually get a name because you can't have the Sean Watson and have <laughs> – yourself being called the Washington football team. That's just ridiculous. But they have they have the defensive players uh, to trade. They have yeah. now if what do you guys think about giving up Chase Young? They might have to give no. up Chase Young in a package. Yeah. You're saying I, you can't do I, it? I think Impossible. they wouldn't. After yeah. that year, like what do they have? Like eight and a half sacks, or whatever. He's gonna win defensive rookie of the year. I think it's between him and then like Jeremy Chin, Antoine Winfield, but he's He's probably one of the best pass rushers to come out of the draft since Miles Garrett, I would say. And he performed. He was injured a bit this year, but he performed on a daily basis. Um, the highlights I saw him getting strip sacks. Um, I think that's a piece they wouldn't want to move. But they also do have options. They have a very young defensive line. They have the likes of Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, um, Matthew Anitis, and then their line. Like they have Montez Sweat, Colin Fuller, yeah, Landon Sweat, yeah. Collins, 19th overall pick. Yeah, so they have so, a lot of – yeah, go ahead. So my, my package that I had for them was one of Montez Sweat, 
Jonathan Allen or Jerron Payne, one of those young defensive line assets. Yeah, hate to give it up, but if you're getting Deshaun Watson, it's worth it. Got it, right? And then I have one of Cameron Curl and Kendall Fuller. Cameron Curl may not have the oh, biggest yeah. name, but he was one of the best rookie safeties. Yeah, he was in the running with. Uh, well, not really in the running with Chase um, Young because he was by far and away the best defensive rookie this year, but. Among the other guys running for second place in defensive rookie of the year, he was right there. Uh, so Ken, Cameron Curl or Kendall Fuller, yeah, along yeah. with one of Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Jerron Payne, probably two first and two yeah. seconds. So that's a lot to give up still, but that might be worth it. Yeah, and especially like that division, which is very gettable every year. Oh, yeah. How bad it's been. But that defense was honestly one of the best events in the league this year. So you install Deshaun Watson in that team with. Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas had a good year, and Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson, man. Yeah, they have a lot of weapons that Deshaun Watson could utilize, and they also have a solid offensive line. I know their friend and sheriff's going to be a free agent. Unless they find the money to re-sign them, which even if they trade for Deshaun Watson, they'll still have a little bit of cap, especially with the guys they're giving back. Yeah, because they have a lot of rookie contracts, too. Like Terry McLaurin's on his rookie deal, like Antonio Gibson, all those people, um, like all those young uh, defense players you mentioned before um, are still on their deal and they're probably going to be on those in the, yeah on those trade. I think that's a good fit. I like that Washington fit. Uh, another fit I have, which I think is my best fit, um, is the San Francisco 49ers. Oh yeah. There's a reason they have the what the one thing I'm basing this off of is the pressure they're facing. That division has quarterbacks like the Rams went on got Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray on the Cardinals, Russell Wilson. There's three very, very talented quarterbacks in that division, and they're stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo, yep. who is not living up to his contract. I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. So I think they're filled. And it's Kyle Shanahan's expressed that. He doesn't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy anymore. So I think they're going to feel that pressure from the quarterbacks in the division to go out and make a move. If that's moving up someone in the draft to select Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, someone like that, or it's going out again to Sean Watson. Ooh. So <laughs> I think that's a Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> With Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson, yeah, no, or Kyle Wilson, <laughs> yeah, oh uh, Look, yeah. But check this out. So, like, I agree with you a thousand percent. And if you're if you're Kyle Shanahan, you, you see Sean McVay, and he just got a new toy, and you're kind of sitting there, you're like, Fuck. I need, I want one of those. <laughs> I, I want one of those guys too. <laughs> but okay, so so you're hundred percent right. So let's say they don't, they don't get anyone uh, in that division. Are they going to be? They're going to be competitive, but. You look at their defensive assets. So who do they have? Okay, you can trade away Jimmy Garoppolo, Eric Armstead, Solomon Thomas, Javon Kinlaw, Dree Greenlaw, Jason Verrett, Jimmy yep. Ward, and the twelfth overall pick. Yeah. And they can throw away assets, and they don't yeah. even care. Oh, exactly. Because like, their defense is going to be good enough. Like, they have a good scheme. They lost Robert Sala, which is a big hit. But um, not. <laughs> yeah, you're a Robert Sala hater. I love Robert Sala. Hey, Ro- <laughs> yeah, what's he gonna do when he faces Belichick in uh conference game when he has to actually like game plan? Um, you mean Brian <laughs> Flores? Yeah, he's gonna be a cheerleader <laughs> on this. <one. laughs> uh, keep it in the minimum, but yeah, I mean, they have the toys to go to get him, but um, aside from that, Robert Sala, but their defense is still gonna be good. They have weapons. Um, Nick Bosa missed the entire year, but I think that's someone that would be thrown around. I know how good Nick Bosa is, but I think if I'm the Houston Texans and I'm trained to Sean Watson, I'm going to demand Nick Bosa from the 49ers, given how desperate they are for a QB. Um, that's what it's going to take. Um, and they don't have to, they, they wouldn't have to give up so many first round picks, but if they really? can give yeah, Nick Bosa is like a perennial, like 
edge rusher in his second year. He was injured all last year, but his rookie year was insane. Nick Bosa was way better than Chase Young in his rookie year. Yeah, and if I'm the Houston Texans, right, like, we have the power. We have Deshaun Watson. They need a quarterback. They're falling apart, in, like, behind in the division. Jimmy Garoppolo is not that guy. I know he met, made the Super Bowl. So I think they're desperate, and if I'm the Houston Texans, I demand Nick Bosa from them. And if I'm the 49ers, I think that's a conversation you have to make. Do I give up Nick Bosa to get an elite quarterback? This is a quarterback league. You need a quarterback to go far and be successful in the league, and that's been seen. So I would probably trade Nick Bosa from the 49ers and maybe another pick for Deshaun Watson to solidify that team. You put Deshaun Watson that offense with Kyle Shanahan, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, like Devo Samuel. Like there's a lot in Raheem Mozart. There's so many weapons. And with like the scheme Shanahan runs, he runs a lot of pre-snap motion. He runs a lot of play-action passes, and Watson feasts on play-action passes. So I think that's a great fit. I don't know if you guys have anything to add about that, but Washington. Yeah, is fine. <laughs> that that is. No matter how, even if their defense is just average, that team with Deshaun Watson with Kyle oh, yeah. Shanahan, one of the favorites for the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. Do you want to uh, transition? into our uh, draft coverage yeah um i thought before we kind of move on to that we kind of each give a prediction where we think he is at the end of the year um by like starting quarterback so i can start uh i know he's request today but i still think he's a houston texan about the start of the 2021 season the reason because of this they just hired nick, nick casero as their gm and i think it's a pretty hard move as your first move as general manager to move a franchise quarterback at 26 and I also think the value is going way too high that te- some teams are going to shy away, give that Matthew Stafford and how good Sean Watson is. I think they're going to demand a lot to give up the franchise quarterback. And I don't think Nick Casero is going to move to Sean Watson before the start of next season. Yeah, I, I hate to say the exact same take as you, but I don't think he leaves. Uh, I think it's honestly probably best for the franchise if he does. They're not as good as he is. They need picks. They need to rebuild. They're not going to be good. That's why I hate everyone saying New York Jets is a big trade destination. New York Jets, are, they're going to have to give away all their picks and stuff. Yeah. They're, they're an empty team, and they're just going to have Deshaun Watson wasting his career. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he probably stays, but I think it's best for the player and the team that he goes. Oh, exactly. Yeah, like I, I, I do agree with you. Um, I, I think honestly, pick a name out of a hat where he's gonna end up. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think there's a possibility that some team, oh, yeah, might be anyway. the Miami Dolphins, the Denver Broncos, might just say, "Hey, take the farm," and yeah. and, and you can't really say no to that, right? Like exactly, some team might fall head over heels and it'll get done. But yeah. I, I think I'm in accordance with you guys. Um, Jack Easterby is the real question there in that situation. Yeah. Um, what Very are they going to do with him? Is the owner going to continue to sign with him? Um, I, <laughs> that's a conversation for another day, but yeah, that could go on forever. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All, right. All right. So we can transition to kind of the QB prospects. So kind of just an overview for the, the listeners out there. Um, each week we're going to kind of do a uh, kind of an overview of a position group in the, uh, the NFL dropped. We'll kind of give our take and an analytically and as a scout, what we think they're, uh, kind of their level is as a player in the NFL level. And we'll, we'll start with the QB position group, which is a, it's a big group, but uh, we're going to focus on the big four, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance. So Willie, Willie BMAC, why don't you take it away? Is, uh, is this the best quarterback crop we've seen in a long time? What, I think what so. Do you I think it's got to be so, yeah. up there. It's got to be up there. Where at are you least, making it? At, at least in 
like coming into the draft because that obviously oh, yeah. that Deshaun Watson Patrick Mahomes draft is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Even yeah, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, so that's still a great QB draft. But going into the draft, this is definitely the best we've had in a very long time. Oh yeah, it's probably going to be potential four top ten picks. I would say, given these four quarterbacks, and it's it's no, no it's like probably it could be a a run of one, two, and three with teams trading up to the Dolphins and jump them. It could be one, two, three. It could maybe be four. Like, we don't know. But hey. these these are four quarterbacks that are, like, going to be top ten picks. Four in, my opinion. in the top eight. Hey, yeah, who, yeah. Who's Josh Rosen? <laughs> yeah, who is Josh Rosen? Um, <laughs> that's who's going to be the bust of this group because it's very rare that four top ten picks are going to be successful. If you look back at that Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and Josh Rosen draft, like those are four top, was it 12 picks or whatever? I think Rosen went 12 or 11. Uh, but who who's really successful? Probably just Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, who had a good year this year, are the successful quarterbacks. So it's hard to say, but one of these quarterbacks probably isn't going to pan out. Could be two, could be three. Like, we don't know. I don't know about that. But like I said, I think these are very good. I think three to four are going to pan out. Uh, I'm not a big Justin Fields guy, but... Uh, there's that there's that conversation that, that's definitely have. that's a statement you got to be a little bit weary of because like yeah it, like I wouldn't say so so I'll, I'll kind of my, my big board goes like this uh Trevor Lawrence Zach Wilson Justin Fields Trey Lance Mac Jones and uh you know you got to be very careful with the whole Justin Fields talk because he he might be the best QB out of this crop. Yeah. Like like you, you just don't know, man. It's so hard to tell. As in, like QBs bust so often. There's QBs that are good in late rounds. It's so hard to evaluate QBs. There's so many QB hungry teams in NFL every draft that it's so hard to evaluate them because it's so hard to predict success at the NFL level. Everything's different in the NFL. Defenses like they they hide coverages different. They blitz more. They're like they're more knowledgeable, like defensive coordinators are more knowledgeable at the NFL level. So it's so hard to predict success because you don't know how a QB is going to look when they see an NFL defense. Now, I know we said we were just going to talk about the top four, but what are your guys' opinions on Mac Jones? I really, I don't, I don't think I could talk myself into spending. Nope. A first round pick on Mac I don't, Jones. I don't think, I don't think he's worth a first round pick. Uh, he's a redshirt junior, so he's. Still, like he's he's a senior, um, but he had to, he only played one year. He played last year because Tua got injured, but he's played one year at the NFL, uh, the the collegiate level at Alabama. He had an incredible year. He put up insane numbers. But how is it not that like you have Devonte Smith, you have Jalen Waddle, um, you have John Mechie, you have Najee Harris, you have that offensive line which is gonna have like three probably three draft picks in this draft. So uh, I'm not putting a knock on Mac Jones. He had an incredible year, but he just doesn't have like the intangibles at the NFL level, in my opinion. He he has a size, but he doesn't have a massive arm for his size. He doesn't have mobility. Um, he feasts on, like, crossing routes and kind of, like, check downs. But I think it's a product of the, how good Alabama was, but I just don't think he's going to be a successful quarterback in the league. But I think he can be around in the league. He's a smart QB. He can read defenses. He's not turnover prone. I think he will be in the NFL for a while, but I just don't see him as, like, a first-round like worthy pick, and I don't think he's going to be, like, that elite quarterback in the NFL. That, that's a that's a really good way of putting it and one of the things that um my roommates a, is a Steelers fan and we watch a lot of Big Ben and they and you watch Tom Brady and when you have these QBs who are not mobile and they can't create plays from nothing like let's say the, their protection breaks down um you know Zach Wilson's gonna get out of the pocket and he's gonna freaking sling it <laughs> 50 yards downfield for a touchdown and and when you have a QB you can't do that say for Big Ben they're really 
a large part of their success comes from their um, football IQ. Yeah. And their intelligence and their ability to read defenses. And that's what makes Brady so dangerous. So I wouldn't bet on Brady tomorrow because Brady might see a coverage and might be like, okay, that's cover three with uh, the special, the dime's going to go here. And that's exactly yeah. what happens. Like, but in this current NFL, if, if you're choosing someone and they don't have that IQ, yeah, um, you know, I, I haven't met Mac Jones. I don't know anything like other than his play, but yeah, he better be special if yeah. you're going to pick him because he doesn't have the intangibles. The intangibles. Yeah, you, you need that mobility or that arm or that special just special athleticism to get by in the NFL for your first couple of years until you start developing that IQ. That IQ, as Mac Jones has a great IQ for the collegiate level, not for the NFL level. He's going to have to learn so much before he can be a good quarterback in the NFL. And I don't know if he can survive without his what's probably average, below average mobility. Yeah. Um, it, it, can Zach Wilson like? <laughs> wow. Um, I, I, I'm high Zach on this Wilson. guy. Yeah, you you love Zach Wilson. You know, I, I, I do too. too. He's a very <laughs> talented quarterback. <laughs> if he goes to the Niners, wow. Yeah, I don't. I don't want that. That'd be unfair. <laughs> but I think we can all kind of agree. Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the draft. He's the best player in this draft. He's number one for sure. There's no debate. He's big. He's strong. He can move out of the pocket. He's got everything you want at the. NFL at least six six and can sling a ball probably eighty yards. Like this guy's insane. Um, the only knock I think the only time he struggled in college, he's lost two games. He struggled one time in college and put up bad numbers. That was his LSU game on the twenty nineteen national championship. He had an under fifty percent completion percent and no passing TDs, but he was blitzed forty two percent of the time. Like that's they were able to blitz because how high up LSU LSU was in that game. I think that's the only knock. That's the only bad game he's ever had in college. But I think it's pretty safe to say Trevor Lawrence is an incredible prospect. He's the best prospect since Andrew Luck coming out of the NFL draft, and he's going to be successful at the NFL level, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't even think we have to talk too long yeah, about Trevor yeah. Lawrence. We're all in agreement. Everyone's in agreement. I, I, I haven't heard anyone say that he's yeah. not the best prospect in the draft because it's just so clear that he is. Now, an, an interesting guy to me is uh, is Trey Lance. Oh, yeah. I, I'm yes. very curious to see um, – what he's gonna do? He hasn't played in a year, and, and he, yeah. he played in a in a softer division. Yeah. Um, and he lit it up. Don't get me wrong. I was watching oh, film yeah. on him, and wow, this guy can run like he's 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 got, he's got it. Got it. Yeah. He he's got he's got it, and I'm excited, man. Like, oh. I, I think in my opinion, he's probably the most intriguing QB in the draft, mm-hmm. just because I think he has one of the probably the lowest floor because of his limited. Like he could be like the worst QB in the, like out of these top four just because his limited play style he's played against a weak conference. But I think his ceiling is so high because the intangibles he had, and you put him in the right system, say like Carolina's and trade for Sean Watts, put him in that system with those weapons. I think he learns a year. I think he's a QB that's going to have to sit a year. He's only played one full year, and it's, that was at North Dakota State as a redshirt sophomore. Um, but he didn't throw a pick that entire mm-hmm. that entire season. Like he's got great great accuracy. He can he rushed for a thousand yards and fourteen touchdowns in that year as well. He's got the legs. He's got everything you want to be successful at the NFL level. I think the only concern is the weak competition, the limited sample size. Uh, Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if he can turn into Josh, like he was the same QB coming to Josh Allen. Like I think he put up better QB numbers than Josh Allen, but he has intangibles like that. He's got big size. He's got the legs. He's got the arm. And Josh Allen's a top five quarterback in the league. Um, so if he can turn into that to steal, um, I think he's a very intriguing prospect. 
I, I don't want to circle back to the whole Watson thing, but one of the things that I don't like about the Carolina Panthers getting Watson is they've really built a system like rule is a phenomenal coach. Yeah. He's, true. he's done it with two other systems. He's done it. And I don't want to screw it up. I think Oregon, you can uh, Baylor. 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 And yeah. what's the one previously before that? Maybe. Yeah. I thought it was Texas A&M. Yeah. Maybe I'm um, not entirely sure though. He, he kind of built them from, from scratch and yeah. the last draft, they drafted only defensive players. And now they're about to plop in a QB. And if they can get Trey Lance, I think that's the ideal fit. I'd Trey be ex- Lance is perfect for Carolina. For yeah. Cause you have Teddy perfect. Bridgewater on one more year um, mm-hmm. and he can win games. Oh yeah. Um, not going to be a, like the best quarterback. He can protect the ball. He can game manage. Um, they did that whole year without Christian McCaffrey. Right. And he's probably one of the most dyma- dynamic players on the football field. He can take any ball and take it to the house and every given play. So I think you, put him in that system. You let him learn a year behind Teddy Bridgewater. You get him in close conversation with Joe Brady, because I'm guessing Joe Brady is going to be an NFL head coach by two years from now. So you get him a year to learn from Joe Brady, who's a very good offensive mind. I think that's a perfect place for Trey Lance. I think he could be very successful in that system. And I think that would be a perfect fit for him. Yeah, they that would almost be. that almost reminds me of like Mahomes went to the Chiefs yeah. that a year and he just had... What did he have? He had an amazing offensive co- – well, Andy Reid's a head coach, but he called the place. He has an amazing yeah. offensive coordinator. That's Joe Brady. He has amazing weapons. He had Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, yeah. Kareem Hunt at the time, not there anymore. But Trey Lance comes in after a year sitting, and he has TJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. That's going to be very fun. Yeah, I think it's a perfect fit from – I kind of want to go over the conversation kind of – I think Trey Lance is probably consensus across the board. It's the fourth overall – prospect in the keeping yep. class but the big conversation is two three it's that fields wilson debate the amount of mock drafts that's flip-flopped the new york jets taking fields the new york jets taking wilson i think that's the biggest debate between a position group for two and three in the class it's probably the best debate you can have so i'm curious what uh what you guys think who's your favorite prospect out of the two i know willie's wilson but we can start with bmac kind of what you think between fields versus wilson i'm almost fairly like indifferent if i had to choose it's wilson whoever falls really like they're pretty even for me yeah um i think you cut out a bit there but kind of go over i think we're probably out all the same consensus fields is a very good prospect it's hard to knock fields um he's fast he's a dual threat quarterback he's got a big arm you saw that in the college football semifinals um, when he threw two like 55 60 yard passes in that game for touchdowns um, he's an RPO quarterback, which is something in the league that's seen in recent years. A lot of plenty of RPO sets. I think the only knock on him is I've seen this. Um, Dan Orlowski, who's an ESPN analyst, has seen this as well. Um, he struggles when defenses take away his first read, and that's going to be his biggest challenge adjusting the NFL level. NFL defenses are complex; they're hard to read, but they're going to take away rookie quarterbacks' first read. They're going to make him progress the field. So I think that's his biggest knock is progressing progressing defenses and kind of getting away from that first read if defenses take away his first read can he make that adjustment and go to a second third or fourth read um i thought we saw that two games and that i've noted while watching film northwestern in indiana in those two games he had five picks and two passing touchdowns with a 52 percent completion percentage so he struggled but he's also only lost two games in college so he's a very talented quarterback i think he will be successful at the nfl level but he does have to get over that hump and learn NFL defenses and be able to be able to deal with people taking away his first read. Well, one thing that interests me about the whole 
Zach Fields versus sorry Zach Wilson versus Justin Fields debate is um, when you look at Justin Fields is he's always kind of been a prodigy um, in football like he's always up been up there with Trevor Lawrence and he, number he, one recruit yeah number one recruit and all he does is play football and yeah. you know that's all he does around he's the clock game, he's a gamer he's a, he's a true football <laughs> he's a gamer that's I think that's the best way to put it. <laughs> Um, and then you look at someone like Zach Wilson and, you know, goes to Penn state and BYU, BYU, my God, I'm sorry. About that. <laughs> no, that, no. That, that, that's a, that's a flop. And like Zach Wilson played basketball for most of his career. Um, he, he, he was a dual sport player. He played point guard and it almost seems a little bit like effortless for Wilson. So, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a good question. You know, it's tough. Um, it's a really tough question. I, um, I think you can't go wrong with both of them. I think Zach Wilson has a higher ceiling because of his intangibles because of the way he can extend plays. He's got great size, great arm. And, um, the one game I really stood out to me was his UCF game in his bowl game this year. He had 425 yards and three touchdowns and did this mostly in the first three quarters. So and he almost had a perfect QBR rating at 99.5. So he has a talent. I think you, like you're saying, you can't go wrong. They're two very good um, prospects. If I would pick one as a GM, I would probably take Wilson just because I think his upside's a bit more in Fields. I think Fields will be a bit, maybe bet better right away, but I think Wilson has that upside. And I think that's what NFL teams are drafting. They draft, they draft quarterbacks with the intangibles with upside. Like, look at Josh Allen. Like, look what he's progressing to. So I think that's kind of the benchmark. Um, NFL teams are going to use is they're going to take upside and intangibles over how they like the competition they played. Yeah. Zach Wilson has a special, special arm. Yeah. Now that's no knock. Justin Fields has a great arm too. It's, it's not a competition though. When you look at the two Zach Wilson, he he almost has that Mahomes like where he just flicks the wrist and it's 60, 70 hertz down the field. Yeah. Yeah, the things he can do is very special that many QBs in the co- country and college can't do. Like when he when he gets outside the pocket, like Patrick Mahomes, he always has his head downfield when you're watching him. He never yeah. looks down. He's always looking at how the play is progressing, and he makes broken plays into big plays. Like Patrick Mahomes, probably the best instant is that Super Bowl game last year against the 49ers. It was a broken play, and Tyreek Hill had the biggest catch in the game. So I'm not saying it's, I'm not going to compare Zach Wilson to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the best QB in the league. He has the potential to probably be Ever. one of the best, best quarterbacks of all time, in my opinion. So I'm not going to compare that, but he has, the way he's looked in college is the same way Patrick Mahomes looked in college. Yeah, I hate, I hate the kind of comparison where everyone always tries to find a comparison for the certain player. I don't think it's a good way to evaluate a player or anything. But he does look so much like I watch his highlights. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, he, he's a very special quarterback. All these quarterbacks are very special. They're all different in ways. But I think if I was a GM, my big board would be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. But I think they're all top 10 picks. They're all going to be worthy of top 10 picks. And I think they're going to be – I hope they're going to be successful in the NFL. You guys uh, – are you guys ready for the two-minute warning? Yep. Uh, so just for the viewers out there, every show we're going to have a two-minute warning. Um, it's a game we're going to play in the show where one of us is going to ask a question um, to everyone, and it gives you chance as viewers and listeners uh, to kind of kind of get engaged and kind of see uh, your knowledge around the subject. So uh, Liam, I'm pretty sure he's our first uh, quarterback in the two-minute warning, so we'll send it over to him. Let's go. 
Um, so in celebration of tomorrow's big game, my question to you guys is, what do you think is the age difference between Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski? I know it. Like, I know this too. I'm pretty sure they're the same age, aren't they? I'm pretty sure they're they're both five months. Five months. Three months apart. Three months. That's Three months, some, it's three just, months apart. It's, that's just insane to think of because, like, Rob Gronkowski, like, growing up as a Miami Dolphins fan, like, he was the best tight end in the league, and I just felt like he was so much older than Travis Kelsey. I feel like Travis Kelsey went under the radar in his earlier years, but he's turned into the best tight end in the league. It's undisputed that kills up there, but Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the league. I feel like he just went under the radar for his first year. That's kind of kind of why if I didn't see a stat this morning, I probably wouldn't have got that. But it's crazy. Yeah, I, I knew that. I knew that stat. It's kind of weird um, looking at Kelsey, who's still like in his prime, and Gronk, who just kind of looks old. Yep. Um, and they're not really that different. Gronk's body is just beat up in a way that Kelsey's hasn't been. Maybe it's because Gronk has been such a good blocker. And they rec- and he does so much blocking at the same time. Maybe that beat him up. <laughs> I don't know. Rocking, uh, blocking makes you old. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's good stuff. Yeah, I think is before that- before we end, I I got a question for you guys too. Uh, before the two minute warning is over, but given given the Jaguars having the first overall pick, given Trevor Lawrence's undisputed go there, I have a question for you. When was the last Jaguars QB selected in the first round, and who was he? Blake Bortles, third Blake overall. Bortles. There you go. All right. <laughs> Let's go. There you go. Um, so I guess that's all the time we have today. I want to thank everyone for listening to our first ever episode. I'm going to wish you a happy Super Bowl week. Hopefully uh, you have a couple beers flowing. Uh, you don't lose too much money like me. But um, we're going to see you next time on Ball Hawk Talk. Take it easy, everyone. Tells me.